Okay, we are the Mimer, the very beginning of Sefer Bamidbar. It begins with a quote from the Gemara and Baba Basra that we allow a child to sell the estate of his deceased father only when he is 20 years old. So the Alter Rebbe explains what happens at 20, that at that point, what is called Makifim Da'aba, which we will explain, enters into this offspring, this child. And the Alter Rebbe goes on to explain this idea. What is this referred to in this Makifim Da'aba that he experiences at age 20? The Alter Rebbe points us to some other Maimarim that explain that there are two levels. There is the very beginning, the Ha'ara, just a tiny bit of a sense that enters into the heart that is beyond anything that a person can understand. And the second level is the Atzmas, the very essence of the Nekuda of the heart. And this is, like it says, again, bringing from other Maimarim, that the Ratzana Elyon, that is higher than Seichel, has two levels. One, that which we can explain and understand enters into the Chachma, and the other that is surrounding the intellect. And this is also similar in the idea of the mitzvahs and in the chukim, as explained in other maimarim. And there are essentially three levels here. One is that we fulfill his will, we make his will like our will. That is, from bina, our understanding, it becomes keser, that which is beyond our understanding, for the midas. And this is the rotzain that is beneath seichel, that is, I want something, and therefore it becomes my passion. The second is that in order that he should make his will like our will, this is the loftiest level of rots, and that becomes invested within the Chachma of Seichel, that is higher than Seichel itself. And this is the Neshama level of the Keser of Zah that comes from the level that is higher than Abba, higher than it. So one is where I want something, and therefore it becomes my passion, but it begins with something that's irrational, less than rational. And then there's a level where that which is higher than rational becomes my will. And these two levels are embodied in the phrase, with all your heart and with all your very being, all your soul. And the third one is that we simply put aside our will entirely. And that's the Bechol Miyadecha. Now, in the letter Yud, if we spell it out phonetically, Yud Vav Dalid, we the total gematria is Yud 10, Vav 6, Dalid 4, 20. And the Vav Dalid, which enunciates the word Yud, which fills out the Yud, is the Midas, which are rooted in Abba, that these are the uh, the levels of Dibor, speech, communication, which are an illustration of the idea that the father is the foundation of the son, like intellect is the foundation of speech. And again, the author Rebbe cites other Maimarim as well. Another interpretation, that the Vav Dalit, which spell out the word Yud, represent the voice and speech. And this is similar to what we find with the idea of the half shekel. It's also the idea of how the oral Torah fleshes out the written Torah. And that's why at age 20, as we mentioned, it already radiates within the person the full extent, the Yud, which is uh, equals 20, with the full play out of the intellect of the level of Abba that is higher than the level of the Neshama, the way it is, uh, invested only within the comprehensible seichel and midas. And thus it reaches to this level called the skull that surrounds the brain and uh, attaches itself to something that cannot be comprehended merely by analysis, similar to the idea of Moshe drawing close.
because there are two levels here of this makif, this level that is beyond the intellectual appreciation. There is the chaya, that which I live for, and the yechida, the absolute oneness. The chaya is the moichin of the father. That is, he lives to be connected with his father. And the chachman that gives it life, chachmatichia. And then you have the yechida, the way it is manifest in the golgaloisam, which is literally the head, but the skull that surrounds the brain. And again, we find uh, other examples of this. As Hashem says, you open up for me the tiniest pinhole, and I will up for you open up for you in response, like the expanse of a ballroom, which is even beyond this level of 20. And here again, the author points out that regarding Sard Imenu, when it lists out her age, it f- focuses on the 20 years, 120 years, which is the Ava aim of Keser, which is indicated in the Maya. And from 20 years and above, a person can reach this level of Keser that is beyond it, the level of the light of Chachma that is closer to Keser and elevates all that is around it. Like it says, Chachma comes from nothingness. Whereas under 20, he doesn't have this capacity yet to reach this level of the moichen of father, only the moichen of the mother, but it is still distant from him, like the light of Kesser, and that's why he cannot be counted before he is age 20. That concludes this one short paragraph. Now on the bottom right-hand side, we're still on Bey Zaman Aleph. Hashem spoke to Moshe in the Midbar of Sinai, the tent of meeting, lift up the heads of all of the attesting community of the children of Israel to their families. You shall count them for their hosts, you and Aaron. Now, when it says to their families, it means to the 70 families that came out of the 70 original entrants into the land of Israel. And in order to elevate their head and their intellect of the Neshama Yisrael that are rooted in their source, the level of the Jewish people to be uplifted to the level of the 70 original souls. You have to count them, you and Aaron with you. That is the Aaron and Moshe quality is what elevates the Jewish people. Like it says, I have elevated them to the uh, stature of being the sheep of Moshe and Aaron, because Moshe is the attendant of the king and Aaron the attendant of the queen. Explanation being that we know that Neshama comes down into this world and into this physical, animalistic, impulsive uh, characteristic circumstance. It's a tremendous descent for it, uh, that it comes from the loftiest level where it was earlier and where it was still attached to the very essence of Hashem and it was basking in the divinity of God's glory in the highest levels of Gan Eden. Uh, but this descent is for a further greater ascent. Now our sages say, know from whence you come to where you are going, that is, the source of the neshama, is the nothingness of the level of Gan Eden, and you are going to receive the reward to the level that is either from Gan Eden, not Tachnik, or it is from the term where, we, where you are going, Anna, which is a reference to that which is a limited place, like we have this Paschim Yecheskel that says, to where does your face turn, but it's a defined area, that is, to the lower level of Gan Eden, still defined. Like our sages say in the Gemara and Psachim, that this world is 160th of the Ganeidin. But again, what's the big virtue of that? You're coming from an infinite place and to going to a finite place. But the idea is that the ultimate objective of the Neshama coming to this world is not for the reward in the, in the spiritual world, in Adam Haba, but it is that we come down here in order to be lifted up higher, even while we're still yet in Adam Haza, still invested within a physical body. Like we say, it's better one moment of doing tshuva and good deeds in this physical world than all of the world to come. Because the world to come, we only benefit from the radiance of the Shekhinah. 
and it's uh, it's only the radiance. Whereas Chuvin, Maisim Toivim, and the Zohar are called the pining for the very body of the king. Of course, Hashem doesn't have a body, but it's the idea to be absolutely uh, Im- embedded with the king. And even though the primary revelation will only be in the time of Mashiach, like it says that ultimately Tzadikim will be able to, to, to say, Kadosh, they will see it. However, this radiance also is in the level of Gan Eden. Like it says in Tanya in chapter 39, in the name of the Zayar, that they benefit from the radiance of the Shekhinah, that is the radiance of their Torah and their service. Based on this, we can explain that the radiance of Torah and Zavoyedah, that radiance in Ganeidah, is the elevation to a loftiest level, higher than what the Neshama can attain, even in Ganeidah Na'elya, prior to it bring come down here into Elam Hazet. Like it says in the Sefer Al-Gugulim that the, uh, in chapter 20, and is quoted also in Torah or in Parshish Chayasara, in the Divriya Moscow that begins, I am Ashkos Chayim, and also in the Rosh Zukata in the beginning of Parshish Mishpatim, at the level of Atzilis Mamash is invested in Biya, that is Bri Yitzin and Asiya, in its most personal manifestation, that the Atzilis of the Pneumis of Asiya is infinitely greater than the loftiest level of Bria in and of itself. And that's why the Ganeid Ne'alyan is in Bria. And Terin Mitzvahs draw down this level of Atzilis. And again, the Alter Rebbe mentions other source material to explain this. That is, uh, that it draws down this level of Atzilis into uh, the, the lower, less evidently godly worlds of Bria, Yitzhi, and Asiya. And this is effectuated through Terin Mitzvahs. Thus, the neshama, before it comes down to this physical world to fulfill terimits, while it's still in the lawfulness levels of Ganeidin, it's in a level that's, quote, only Bria, where it doesn't sense the Atzilis of Bria, only because the level of Atzilis is only effectuated into the worlds of Bria and lower through terimits. And even though the neshama is at such a lofty level in Ganeidin, it doesn't, it only can appreciate the level of Bria of Bria. And this is what it means that the Jewish people were the first thought, all over Machshava, because Machshava is Bria. And they were all, they went up in the Machshava, that is the loftiest levels, that is the Machshava within Machshava, the Bria of Bria. However, at Silas, they could not reach. Nevertheless, the way that they came up into Machshava truthfully has the loftiest of lofty, uh, lo- very lofty levels, not loftiest, because that's reserved for at Silas. Uh, again, quoting other Psukim. And other source material that after it comes down into Ganeidim, before it comes into this physical body, it's in the level of Bria. But when it comes down to this physical body and it does Tehran mitzvahs, it draws down a gradient of Tehran its service, which is an expression of Atzilis. And therefore, it re- brings a level of revelation, even if it's only from Ganeidim Natachta and Asiya. And this is the idea of Atzilis that is drawn down and invested within Asiya, which is loftier to an uh, immeasurable manner from the level that is even greater of Ganeid Ne'alyeh. From this, that it is the level of Bria within Bria. Again, Alter Rebbe points out other source material uh, that illustrates this idea that the light of Atzilis is only effectuated and sensed through the Neshama coming down into this physical world and the Atzilis becoming invested within Asiya. This is able to create the prophecies of Moshe Rabbeinu, where it radiates even in the loftiest level of Atzilis, even though it is invested within the physical body. Like it says in the explanation of Seisosis, like it says in the Shari Kodesh of Chaim Vital, and again, other source material that the Alter Rebbe points to. However, 
In what way do we elevate this level of tshuva? It is the level of Bamidbar Sinai, and in the tent of meeting, the opening passage. Now, what is Bamidbar? This is, like it says, and from his spoken words, that it is from the word Dibor, which means the speech of Hashem, the revelation of God. So so speech reveals what the person is thinking, that then becomes invested within this physical world. And that's what we call it Midbar. That is, we're adding the Mem, the open Mem, as opposed to the end Mem, the closed box Mem, Two, because we have opened up this level of the Chitzenian, it is that is like a, a wilderness is vulnerable to Klippa, that it can steal away this godliness and it can, uh, it can siphon off its godliness. In contrast to a closed mem, what we call the Shlus mem, the square mem, which is a level of freedom, it's freedom that comes from Hashem and again brings other source material. In the times of the Vesam Migdash, we had the midbar in the sense of yidaber, speaking, that everything was completely submissive to Kedusha. And the Jewish people were dominant. In the time of Gullis, our sages say that when the Shrina was uh, was exiled along with them, and therefore it's called midbar, like a land that is a midbar, a wilderness, and is thirsting, that is, that even though it's in general, it's in the world but in particularly within the person in the time of Gullus. There is a godly spark within the person that's in Gullus. It's trapped within the physical body, in the thoughts and struggles of a human being, that he stumbles around in the nonsense of the world. And this level of godliness is in Gullus. And it's there in order to be elevated, in order to be separated out from the self-centeredness of the Nefesh Bahamas and become invested in godliness. Because the Neshama doesn't require its tikkun, like it's explained in so many other places, that this elevation is also when we're in the level of the Midbar, that is through the speech, again, Midbar, desert, also a form of the word for Debor speech, um, that the, the, the speech is a reference to davening, davening with great passion and the longing of the heart, that as long as a person does not stimulate his heart in his davening to be like a fiery flame to the point that he's so passionate that he wishes to completely divest himself of klipa, so the person is naturally a mixture of good and evil. And even though he doesn't do evil in actuality, but the mere fact that the, his evil is re- put to rest within him. Nevertheless, in his nature, it is capacity, at least that he could uh, act in a way of, uh, of evil. And this love that he has, that is this longing when he's in this desolate place, this salted land where nothing can flourish or or grow, even the grass, because there's no life force there that is surrendering its life-giving capacity from the soil, so to a person takes to heart that all of the oilamis from the highest level, these are all level of midbar and wasteland. It's all level of doimeim, where there is no life force at all relative to Hashem. For you made the heavens in the heavens of heavens, and you give life to all of them, that he, Hashem, is the source of all life, and there's nothing else outside of this. And therefore, his soul longs for it to attach himself to the source of all life, like it says, to love Hashem, your God, because he is your life. That is, that he is all of life, Therefore, it is he himself that we are uh, seeking and no other power. And this is a reference to what we'll have experience in the time of Mashiach, that we will all be able to see this level of godliness in a visible sense. God's glory will be revealed for all flesh to see. However, now in the time of Gullus, where we have simply this thirst for this level, 
that we should see it, we should sense it. Like we say, my thirst souls for you, Hashem, the living God. When will I come and see you? Like we say, we are hungry and we are thirsty. Our souls are longing for you. They cry out to Hashem in their pain that from this thirst to the point that the soul is crying out. It creates this crying in the soul for that which is the opposite. Because he is so pained in gullis and in the imprisonment of his physical body, he takes to heart that there is no real life uh, other than the loftiest levels, but you are the one who gives existence to them. And for this reason, we place within the soul how he is different, distant from Hashem, in ultimate distance. And his life is a life filled with nonsense. And this is the wilderness of Sinai, that this sinner, this hatred, that's the homophone of Sinai and sinner, of the evil that he's been brought into in this wilderness, stirs within him this great desire to be angered at this Ra, and thus to desire Hashem. Now we understand why we have davening in the times uh, once the Beis HaMilish has been destroyed. Because specifically when the Beis HaMilish stood, there was no authority to the Ra of the Klippa and the Sitra Achra. It couldn't attach itself to the person. And it pushed away everything. But once the Beis HaMilish is destroyed, and now it's become the time of dominance of evil, the Yitzhar and the Nefesh of Bahamas, we have to separate ourselves from them. And the mechanism for that is through davening and davening with passion. Like we said, we have established the daven every day because every day a person's Yetzirah overwhelms him and he has to add with greater intensity. And for this reason, we say that from the uh, the speech, that is when he comes up from the wilderness, again, the um, similarity of the word for speech and wilderness represents the crying out to Hashem when we sense ourselves as being so distant. And the author over here quotes from the Zohar, about uh, the uh, desire to be separated from Gullus is comparable to a person who's dying of thirst in a uh, arid land, and he has this passion to uh, re- re- reinvigorate himself, his physical self, uh, similar to the person desiring to be close to Hashem. Uh, and this is what it says in other places. It speaks about this idea that from the spoken word is a reference to davening and Torah. And again, the author Rebbe quotes the supporting source material in the Zayah. Similarly, we established in the Pesukah de Zimra, the objective is to uh, stimulate within ourselves this great desire to be close to Hashem by taking to heart how even the heavens and the heavens of the heavens uh, praise Hashem, the level of uh, the, the, the taking it to heart. And this idea that only Hashem's name is he able to, that no thought can even grasp that, and only his glory radiates on the, the earth and the heavens, like we explained in so many other places. And similarly, in Yetzirah, again, you follow through the davening, where we talk about how the angels are sort of envious and crying out to Hashem, and how everything is turned towards this infinity of Hashem, uh, and incomparable to just a, a plain uh, human being. And again, the Alter Rebbe quotes other source materials to support this idea that uh, a person is longing for the infinity of Hashem. Uh, and similarly, is the, the greater is the thirst uh, for that which is above him, this level of Midbar Sinai, till we get to, and again, in the davening, the Avas Olam Ahavtanu, with an eternal love, I have loved you, in the bracha of Avas Olam, which is our longing to bring it down from above to below. And this is the tent of meeting. Chapter 2, the explanation being, we're on Daf Bey's Amid Gimel, the left-hand column, we say that the word moyed from the tent of meeting, but it means that I make myself known there, no, no oddity. 
Now, this idea of noadati and noidati, I, I attest, aid, noidati, I make myself known, the idea of being attached to something, like a person knew, Adam knew Chava. That is, we draw down the infinity of Hashem here into this physical world, that it should be revealed within the person, his true unity of Hashem, how he fills all worlds equally, and the world is filled with only his glory because he is the source of all life. There's nothing besides him. And for this, there should be a joy uh, for God to have the great pleasure for the level of Ava B'tanugim because of the closeness of Hashem, the attachment with the infinite God, because he has this great uh, thirst, when will I be able to see God? And the only thing that will slake his thirst is the revelation of godliness, and there'll be the satiation of slaking his thirst. Like it says, he will serve God with joy. And it says, because you didn't serve God with joy when you had abundance for this. What is this abundance? It means all the pleasures, even the spiritual pleasures. Uh, we were, God forbid, satisfied with them, and so on. However, what is the only way to the unification of the infinite light of Hashem down here within the person, since no thought can grasp him? It is through the tent. And what is the idea of the tent of meeting? Like it says, by the shade of my hand, I covered you. But the, it's only the shade. It's not the actual light. And through the 248 commandments, which are the 248 expressions of God, the limbs of God, they're called the, the limbs, like the limbs of a body, which are physical and fleshy and sinews and bone and so forth. And then they ultimately will, of course, deteriorate. Nevertheless, they contain within them the life force. So too, the 248 mitzvahs, even though they are invested in material things, all the laws of agriculture as found in the Mishnah, the laws of the time-oriented mitzvahs as is found in the second series of the Mishnah Moye. Nevertheless, even though those are physical things, they contain within them the infinite light of Hashem, for that is the will and wisdom of Hashem. And Hashem and His will and wisdom are all one. Like a person who loves his friend, he loves him, he hugs him, he holds his hand, and so on. It's not because he loves his physical sinewy hand. It's not that which he loves, but he loves the very essence of the person. And yet he hugs his body, he holds his hand, because the only he cannot grasp the essence of the person. And so he grasps the expression in his physical body. Similarly, like it says, my right hand, I embrace him, which is Torah, that is called the right hand of Hashem. And so too, when a person is attached with Torah, it brings Hashem close. And this infinite light of Hashem within his very being. And this yichud is a wondrous yichud. It's intense that there's no none comparable to it. And that's why it says that he longs to be unified with the body of the king. And again, the Altarabah points to other areas where this is mentioned.